Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome, everyone, to Hot Chocolate Media's Movie Machine Podcast, a show where we take a random prompt from the internet and we turn it magically into a movie for you. I am joined by three elite Hollywood guests today. Our writer, Nick Glover, who is the only person in the world who knows how to play the water phone uncreepily. Our director, Molly Glover, who is Daniel Radcliffe's stunt double in Swiss Army Man. And our producer, Kyle Decker, who is Doug Jones' yoga instructor. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Good day. So I have a prompt for you. The theme of this story is dark adventure. The main character is a logical hunter. The start of the story is smuggling. The end of the story is a joke. All right. So, so this is this is gonna be great. This is gonna be. This is you know what people are gonna say about this this movie. They're gonna say it's a King Lear ripoff. And you know what? They're half right. So. What we're gonna do is dark adventure with like a uh, the king of the smugglers, right? In in the we're gonna we're gonna do like uh, industrial revolution era London. There's there's trains, there's tracks, there's a thieves guild. King of the thieves guild. He's gonna he's gonna pass on his legacy. He's going to give it off to this this orphan that he took in and kind of raised as one of his own. But this this kid's two this guy's two other sons are jealous of his Thieves Guild empire. And so, uh, as we all know, it happens in King Lear. The the favored child, the protagonist, our, our Cordelia, named to be changed, you know, pending uh, whatever, our Cordelia is forced to smuggle herself out of the city, fleeing her two brothers. She's the rightful heir to the Thieves Guild. She flees the con- to, the, to, the, to the countryside where where she uh, is, we have our like uh, living on a farm kind of a montage where city girl has to you know put in a little work. We could do like some some training montage type stuff there. There's we can fit in some good side characters. She can have a sidekick guy that she meets out there, farm boy. We'll call him Kent for now because some people will get that and that'll be funny. So we have our Kent and our Cordelia there. Uh, Kent brings goods into the city to trade, and the city, the, the thieves in the city are out of control. Uh, the guild is split, and there's a civil war happening between the two brothers in their halves. And so our Cordelia comes back to the city with her Kent, and they uh, overtake the, the thieves' guild, and, and she, she's rightfully brought to the, to the head of the guild and, and takes her place there. But see, Lear is a tragedy, and we end on a joke. And the joke is, the the constables crack down on the thieves' guild as she is coronated and and receives the crown of the thieves, and she is tried for all of her brother's crimes. And so the joke is, she pays the price for them, and and ends in tragedy as she is she's hung. All right. Do we have a title for this movie? Gosh, you know, we'll, we'll say like Thief Heart. Okay. Yeah. One word. Uh, one word. One word. Thief heart. 
All right, so Molly, you have the draft for Thiefheart on your desk from I do. Nick here. What do you think? How are we going to get this thing done? Well, a quick clarification. Uh, is the King of the Smugglers and the King of the Thieves Guild the same person? Yeah. Okay, yeah, definitely. all right. So it's kind of a two-guild a two guild king, kingdom, really. It's a, right. it's a, it's a kind of a, uh, an embellished fanciful absolutely, version. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so... I'm seeing this as a gender-bent King Lear, but where all the genders are female, because I really think that that's going to make us a lot of money. Ghostbusters has proven that women can be funny, and I think that we really need to focus on that. So what I'm seeing is I'm seeing orphan heir Haley Steinfeld. She's so hot right now in Edge of 17, and I'm gonna see her. She's the orphan heir. You can just see her with her little smudged cheeks and her little, little coal miner's daughter gloves. With the, with the fingers missing, and then the, for the two other uh, for the two other heirs, the rightful heirs, Chloe Moretz and uh, definitely Emma Stone. I think mm. that, but a blonde Emma Stone, not the dyed redhead Emma Stone. I want natural Emma Stone. So picture this: we open on the sunset with a smoggy sky, industrial London, 1800s. Everyone's, and you hear jingles of commerce, and there's there's stovepipe hats, and there's dresses, and there's the poor, and then you hear like like this governor like and there's little kids and they look amazing and then there's there's just a slicing of pockets you just see pocket Ooh. slicing I want a montage of pocket slicing and as the gold coins fall down they in stacks they spell out uh, thief heart and that's our opening sequence all right mm. that's how we open that's I think that is just gonna sell this so not only are people going into this thinking money they're thinking poverty they're thinking they're thinking filth and thieves and they're in the mindset for for a movie about women and their emotions so now I definitely think that the only person we can have play your uh, your king of the smugglers your king of king of things is going to be the one the only are you ready? Mm. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh. That's who we need. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, because that's where the joke part's going to come in. She's going to inject that comedy, just being her natural, funny self. You love her in Veep. She plays a bad bitch in charge. And I think that's, that's what we're going to go for. We're going to go for, like, if Veep was a worse person. Hmm. That's how oh, I'm seeing this. Right. That's how I'm seeing this. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, Kyle, you've got uh, an intensive treatment and a script with the, uh, for Thief Heart. What do you think? Can this thing be made? Um, I'm I'm really digging this. Uh, period pieces, kind of the 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 steampunk action film with Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock detective Holmes. guy Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, oh yeah. That's big. Uh, casting some of the casting choices I'm not wild about. Julie Dreyfus, loved her in Seinfeld. We tested her British accent. We did some screen tests. Mm. Awful. Ooh. Awful, oh. awful, awful, awful. Like you know, just she's gonna do it. The others, great. They're they're classically trained actors. They're they're they're. I have nothing wrong with the the the, the thieving brothers in this camp. So we're we're gonna do uh we're gonna do Maggie Smith instead. Oh. In the lead, we're gonna have her, and and then we're pulling in that uh, Harry Potter audience and the Downton Abbey audience as well. Well, so, and you could sell it to her as Lear, and yeah, and you've and, got her. We we've, we've got her. So Maggie Smith in the lead role. Only change I'm gonna make. The thing is, though, we need some action scenes, hmm. um, some some fights. I think we need to make at least one of the the main characters like really good with a sword cane, so we can showcase her in some sword fights against a bunch of random thugs in the street. Hmm. And I do think, like, I like that it's a woman based film, but but they need a male character to to take out. 
to, to, to kind of demonstrate. And and I think he's hot right now and everything. And we're going to have him play the lead constable to where, yes, the, the, the joke is the constables take over at the end, but not before they wreck the career of this lead constable first mm. and a new one comes in. We're going to have that lead constable played by Rowan Atkinson. And he's going to, you know, do his usual facial takes and everything. I thought at first to do someone intimidating like Idris Elba, but no, that would intimidate people. Mm-hmm. Rowan Atkinson, let's bring in some Mr. Bean, but actually give him some lines and uh, punch up the, the comedy a little bit here and there. Some action scenes, Maggie Smith. Uh, we'll give this a decent budget. We'll give it a budget of $85 million. So mm-hmm. we'll just get some... A lot of that's going to go to costumes and location, a lot of physical training for the action scenes. Uh, won't leave much left for marketing at the end, but we'll just have the actors go on all the talk shows and everything and talk. Maggie Smith on Conan will just kill, so we know that. And we'll see how Rowan Atkinson does. He hasn't been on the circuit for a while, but maybe he'll he'll surprise us. Maybe he'll get some old bean acting, you know, shenanigans on Jimmy Kimmel or something. We'll just strike gold. So that's what I got. All right, so Nick, you've got some revisions. You've got some big names attached and a detailed pitch for your script. How are we going to refine this thing and make it even better than it already is? Well, I love Emma Stone as our, like, Gunero, like our older sister, the evil one, the one who's really in charge, Mm -hmm. our boss bitch, if you will. The Sword King duel with her in the end as as a climax, as our finale, would be perfect. I think this could be dramatic. This could be, like, on top of a newly created bridge or uh, so maybe like a tower, uh, something on those. I, I just I imagine it on a rooftop with the moon in the background, and it just I know I know that thinking that you know after the night is the dawn, but actually what is next is more night, you know. And I think that would be that'd be wonderful. Our Rowan Atkinson choice. Can we can we push him towards more of a Black Adder and less of a Mr. Bean because I feel like a a conniving power hungry Edmund would be good a good inspiration for Rowan Atkinson in this in this role you know he could be vying for some sort of control ineptly comically as you know from Emma Stone his his love interest there but also he's playing the other sister as well I think he's he's out for himself but you know, is is a sniveling uh, a villain. He'll be our our villain that we don't want to all be, and Emma Stone can be the villain that we all want to be. You know that that rooftop fight climax. I would also accept on a train. I think that would be lovely as it ushers in the new age. It ushers out the old age with the of the um, of the thieves guild. I think that would work. Oh, one more thing. Yes. Kent, our farm boy. You wanted explosions? He has a distillery. His his family makes whiskey in secret. And they and that's his connection to the smuggling girl. When she smuggles herself out, it's in one of their barrels that's going back to be refilled. And so if you need to fit an explosion in the Industrial Revolution, well, I say a still would be a great way to do that. And it wouldn't corrupt the story. You know, we want to keep that true. 
All right, so Molly, you've got some more revisions. You've got Indeed. more details. Yes. You have a bunch of money to make this movie. That's amazing. What's happening next? I'm, I just want to say, I love the Maggie Smith uh, instead of Drew the Jeffers. But you know what I want to do now? I want to flip this. I want to age blind cast this. I say, for the monarch, for the thieves that we have, Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning as... Emma Stone's mother. Everyone's going to be like, what? But we are blowing apart concepts of what age and gender really mean in this world. So no Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith, she is now the farm boy. Maggie Smith is the farm boy who will also be played in flashbacks by Michael Sarah. So there's times we flashback to when the farm boy was a younger farm boy and he's Michael Sarah. Flash forward, it's Maggie Smith. No one will know what's going on in this movie. It's going to be amazing. Now, for the rest of my opus, I feel your Rowan Atkinson. I really do, Kyle. But I also think he's a bit too British for this British movie. So I think I'm suggesting the the, the classic clown dad from Modern Family. We go with Ty Burrell. Now, he's good at clowning physical comedy. He's an everyman. Classic good looks. I'd do him in a heartbeat. I, I, I Honestly, I met him at a party once. He was not interested, but I'm still holding out hope. Now, I feel that Ty Burrell will bring that classic clown to it, but also he won't feel like the lead constable is so bumbling he couldn't get the job done. Uh, on top of that, I think Maggie Smith needs to have an, a, an attraction to the lead constable and they should work together in a very sexually charged relationship to both bring forward the demise of the orphan girl because after his still explodes in this you know really amazing gigantic like I'm picturing like we just get I, I know a guy who does some C4 work we just blow the shit out of the set right and uh, then uh, that's when uh, Maggie Smith transforms into her younger self, Michael Sarah, and Michael Sarah and Ty Burrell have a relationship. And I think that they work together to bring down uh, Emma Stone, Haley Steinfeld, and Chloe Moretz. Now, I think that the joke, this big joke at the end of Haley Steinfeld dying, hanging by the neck until she's dead, which will be violent, and I will make sure that she doesn't go quickly. I want that Emma Stone to, the joke to be, my God, what have I brought upon herself? And then she fights Ty Burrell, and then she also dies laughing and is like, life, and we fade to black, and it just says, is a joke, untold, Finn. All right, so Kyle, you've got a whole host of changes. Production is underway. Things are, are getting real intense on set. What do you think? Well, okay, um, I was really feeling the, the, the age explosion thing, except one thing threw me off is Michael Sarah. Because I don't know about you, I cannot tell the difference between him and Jesse Eisenberg on screen. I'm just confused. And I know I hate one of them, but I can't ever remember which one. So I just think I hate both of them. So I don't think we can cast him. Mm. So we're just going to cast uh, Tilda Swinton in place of... And she can play a man. She can play a woman. Tilda Swinton's the most... You know, has the most range probably of any actor mm, of absolutely. our time. Mm. So she can play a young Maggie Smith. She can play a boy. She can play anything. Um, and so we're going to go with that. Um, a little sad to see Rowan Atkinson go... Uh, I had to let him reel down. He's, he says something about how he hasn't had work in years, and this was really going to help him reconnect with his daughter or whatever. But that's fine. I don't care. You know, Rowan Atkinson, he had his heyday. It's long past. You know, rat race was his peak, and there's not a whole lot we can do about that. Uh, so we'll leave it at that. You know, but Michael Sarah can't. he gives me the heebie-jeebies, or it's Jesse Eisenberg. I can't remember which one. But let's just be safe and not have either one on set. 
we'll go with that. Can we make a music video? That's my last request. We have all these talented actors on set. We should buy a song from like 21 Pilots or Alt-J or something and take a bunch of clips from the action scenes and, and make a music video. And we'll release that a month before the movie comes out to try and, you know, get that hipster indie cred for the film. And I think that'll really kind of bump us up a notch because we're going to get your usual, you know, bros and stuff in the off in the theater with the explosions and the action. So let's bring in let's bring in our neckbeards and our hipsters with an, with a music video. Heck, let's try and get all J and Twenty on pilots to do a collaboration. I think we throw enough money at them, we can make that happen. And yeah, that's what we got. Alright, so I'm gonna go ahead and plug all your data into the fictional movie machine and pull this invisible lever. I don't know what you talked about invisible. I see it there playing his his, his dad. I heard it go ka chunk. Yeah. That is the magic of the movie. I felt machine. its presence. So this movie gets a lot of hype, actually. A lot of people are, are really excited about seeing this before they go. You know, you get a lot of social media traffic, people getting really, really excited, and, you know, there's great cast attached. After the movie comes out, it's not revealed super well. Um, there's lots of great bits in it, but overall it doesn't really stand on its own a whole lot. So first weekend is, is pretty good. The second weekend is a little bit slow. But you actually get some kind of accidental publicity uh, because as it turns out, Rowan Atkinson and Maggie Smith were having a secret affair, and Rowan Atkinson like comes to the office and there's like a, a video that goes viral of him like screaming at Kyle because he didn't get to be in the movie and like he's like shouting about Maggie Smith being like naked and amazing and <laughs> just like the weirdest, most uncomfortable thing, but it goes completely viral. And then everybody like cannot stop talking about the movie because of Rowan Atkinson's weird breakdown in Kyle's office. So people come back and watch the movie again on the third weekend. Yay! So with that said, I'm going to give you each a couple minutes to reflect or make changes. You can choose if you want to to um, go back in time and make a few little last changes before the movie comes out. Or alternatively, you can call it art and walk away. But either way works. So, Nick, we'll start with you. You know, my, my immediate plans after the movie uh, is out is to write the novelization of the movie. And I'm really looking forward to writing the internal monologue parts where we really go back and emphasize how Michael Sarah was originally the role. All the descriptions of Tilda Swing, we're just describing Jesse Eisenberg the whole time. And, and I think that, you know, it's both an act of artistic integrity to me, but also, as an artist, it's my subtle insubordination that helps me keep my credibility uh, intact. And, and, you know, I can make some money while giving the fingers to, you know, the people that employed me kindly. It'll be great. You'll see. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I think, I think the movie... The movie I'll just stand away from. I mean, I'm I'm not disappointed in my involvement. I just... I'm not a director. I guess I would have done something different a little, but... You know, the vision in my head that I put down on paper goes through transformative processes, and that's a part of the medium. All right. Molly, is there anything yes. you would like to change or reflect upon? You know, when I was 
being force-fed gallons upon gallons of seawater to eject it into Paul Dano's face as Daniel Radcliffe's stunt double. Um, I really found myself, uh, you just can't ingest that much seawater without suffering hallucinations of self. And I really found that my vision and what I want and what I like to create is God. I mean, is perfection. And I, I just feel that when people don't understand a director's vision and then they blame, you know, I don't want to point fingers, but they blame the script or they blame the production company or they basically, they blame it on the actors, the way that the actors acted. No one ever really looks at the director and says, maybe someone here could have changed anything. And for that reason, I know that I didn't do anything wrong. And that my vision, truly, the age-blind casting and all of it was revolutionary, even though Congress did pass a law saying that was no longer allowed in movies due to how upsetting, disturbing, and unfunny it was. I just feel that when you get the attention of the US Congress, you know you've done something right as an artist. Absolutely. All right, so Kyle, any last-minute changes or things you want to reflect upon? I, I just want to tell a story. So when Maggie Smith first approached me about pulling an elaborate prank on Ron Atkinson, I wasn't completely on board with it because I'm not necessarily down for toying with people's emotions. <laughs> when she told me it would be art of its highest form, how she could just really like just put her tendrils into Ron Atkinson's brain and break him like a cheap you know, Ikea sofa, I knew we had magic in a bottle. And that's when I had all the GoPros installed in my office. I knew one day, I didn't know what would happen, but I knew firing him from the movie would would, would just be the thing that pushed him over. And my God, it's at 32 million views now. You know what kind of ad revenue I'm pulling from that thing? I heard you had 25 GoPros in your office. Is yes. That, is that it's, true? It's, yes. It's, it's pretty crazy. Wow. I even found the maid who was eating the... the the hidden muffins I had in my desk. And someone someone went through and counted all the different angles and the different shots that you edited together in the final video, and they said 26 because they figured there might have been one you missed. You didn't put in, but it's, it is 25? Yeah, Mag Maggie might have put... But anyway, uh, Maggie and I have now started our own prank show. That's now the hit. It's, just, it's Maggie Smith's pranks. And it's... Who knew that this old gal had that much just spite in her? Um, and just like... <laughs> You know, replacing people's manhaze with custard and all these other things. And these people get really mad. Then out comes Maggie Smith saying we got her and she points to the camera. It's just gold. I thought prank shows were so, you know, YouTube of three years ago. Like 1998. Yeah, or 98, you know, like. And now Maggie Smith, Maggie Smith of all people brings prank shows back from the dead because she actually breaks people mentally and it's just amazing and she she farted on the entire cast of gosford park at once yeah. it was it was impressive yeah. there's at least three children who worked on the harry potter movies that can't even go outside anymore because of the mental damage she caused him it's amazing yeah it's so good so yeah i just sorry oh yeah the movie was great i made money whatever but i mean i'm just rolling in that maggie smith prank show dough now so it's all good sure okay well, uh, there you have it, folks. Thief Heart, the uh, thief adventure in Victorian London, was it? Yeah? <clears throat> With lots of wacky humor and adventure and explosions. In conclusion, we will leave you with our note of wisdom from our divine sage, Guy Fieri. You guys rock the brisket? Have a good one.